Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Almost Famous, the podcast where I explore the subject of fame by talking to people who've grown up around it or experienced it themselves and ask them how it has affected their own journey as well as the lives of those around them. Today is a bit of a throwback episode to what we were doing in season one, as my guest grew up with parents who experienced fame in the music industry, and he has chosen to follow them into a similar line of work. My guest today is musician and producer Roman Scott. Roman started beatboxing at the age of 11, and went on to support grime artists Bashy and Chipmunk in the early stages of their career. He has gone on to perform in bands and write his own music, both under his own name and as Kyozo, appearing at venues including the O2 and claiming the number one spot on Spotify's global viral chart, as well as getting airplay on Radio 1, amongst other stations. Roman's parents are musicians and founders of the musical project M, Robin Scott and Brigitte Vinchon. They are undoubtedly best known for having produced and recorded the smash hit pop music from the 1979 album New York, London, Paris, Munich. The track got to number two in the UK and number one in the USA, Canada, Australia, Germany, South Africa, and many more places beside. So I'd like to give a huge, almost famous welcome to Roman Scott. Hello, Roman. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. You nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was quite a long intro. That was a real throwback because I um, these days I'm mainly only interviewing people who've kind of experienced some fame themselves but I really love it when I get to interview someone who's kind of got a similar um, upbringing to me which is how this podcast came about which is kind of growing up around fame uh, because my uh, stepdad was a comedian and comedy actor and then trying to follow in a similar uh, line of work similar industry similar footsteps so it's an honor to have you on Roman yeah it's good to be on thanks mate and I always like to ask uh the long intro what did I miss out did I get anything wrong no you pretty much smashed that even down to my mum's second name which I was really impressed with oh yeah most people get that the Vinchon wrong you know <laughs> Bing Kong and you get all sorts is is that a French name I decided to go with a French accent yes yeah yeah it is a French name my mum is French she is from Rouen um and yeah she spent a lot of time in Paris which is where they both met okay and what were they what were they doing and what was what was your dad doing in Paris at the time uh he was kind of uh working on music he was always working on music really um he, he studied art and then he got involved with the sex pistols like hanging around with that sort of crew in london um knew vivian westwood quite well and he was managing a few bands but also on the downtime trying to record his music and pop music was one of them um and this was all happening around the time when they both met um but 
My mum didn't speak very good English, so they met on the dance floor, they both got introduced, and then the rest was history. They must have had some great chemistry, put it that way. That's a very cool story of how they met. My parents met um, because, uh, and this is my mum and my dad, and they were both, uh, my mum was a singer, and my dad had been a singer in bands from Liverpool and then uh, got into the music industry as an A&R guy, and my mum and dad met because my mum signed to the label that my dad was an A&R guy for. Oh, wow. And um, she always talks about it as basically when she first met him, she despised him, thought he was just such a dick. Oh, really? And then, yeah, and then, um, and, and this went on for ages. And then eventually they were at some kind of uh, ball or, or party or something. And this is why I bring this up because it's relevant to what you just said is he asked her to dance and she basically says that the moment they first danced together and she kind of smelt him, she was like, oh my God, he's going to be the father of my children. Isn't that such a funny thing? Like the smell of people can dictate whether you want to be with them. You, you know, when you, you, you kind of meet some people and you're like, you're like, oh God, the smell, I can't handle, this is not going to work. The smell of you just doesn't work. <laughs> well, yeah, it definitely can. It can work both ways for um, sure. But yeah, that's, I completely understand. And how then did your mum get involved? So they met on the dance floor, but then she became involved in the, 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 his music. So how did that come about? Were they, was she a musician already? Yeah, well, she was actually, um, she was training to be in the Cirque du Soleil, so she's she's a bit of a gypsy, um, a, a traditional gypsy, and um, she was doing a lot of circus stuff. I think she was also a little bit of a crook who got ca caught up in some stuff she shouldn't have, and uh, my dad was kind of helping her get out of that a little bit. Um, and they just she, she obviously she she could sing, so. They picked up from there and my dad just kind of introduced her and she had quite a cool, she had, I don't know if you've seen any videos of her or anything, but back in the day, she like still is very cool now, but she had a particular presence that I think was very, very like cool and um, hypnotic when performing. And it just really worked uh, with all the vocal parts that they worked on together as well. And even in more, one of my favorite videos that they did to, together was uh, Moonlight Muzak. I love that one. Um, and that really like shows her attributes in her performance and stuff like that. Very refreshing to hear a, a you know a British boy wax so lyrically about his own mother. It's un unlike us to uh, be able to do that. <laughs> no, I'm proud of my mum and dad. Um, extremely. I mean, it's hard. It's hard when you're young, though, isn't it? You know, when you're younger and you you're kind of facing all all of like the parents talking about the fucking seven. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear on here. You can. You can swear as much as you want. Great, great, because it slips out quite often. <laughs> um, but yeah, to talking about the seven-inch vinyl and it's embarrassing and all this, and you're a kid and you're trying to find your own identity and you're like, no, I'm nothing to do with my parents. And yeah, it's, but as I got older, I actually look back at the videos and I look back at my dad uh, maybe ten years ago now. God, it's quite a while ago actually. Now he did a tour. Um, he did something in Australia in front of a massive stadium. You know, like sixty odd thousand people or something. And you know, I watch that now and I'm like, what an absolute legend. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, you take things for granted when you're when you're a kid because you don't really understand. You just don't really understand it. Um, yeah, I'm sure you've had the same with that. I've heard I've heard your I've heard. Is it your mum's song? The smile on my face. <laughs> Born with a smile on my face. Yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> I, think, well, I, I heard that you heard it and were tempted to put it on at the end of a party. Ah, uh, mate, I've I haven't just heard it that once. <laughs> I've listened to it like several times since I heard it. It's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> it's a feel good song. You can't oh God. Do you know what I think? Um, <laughs> what what helps me to be able to say that I disagree with you wholly is that my mother 
also thinks it's an appalling song. I mean, I think if you can open your mind to the idea that cheese is cheese is cheese and it's just perfect three minute pop cheese, then sure. And lots, but uh, I found that a lot of other people find it a lot more enjoyable than anyone in our family does. Well, I think I think what it is right is to me, if you put something on and it makes you feel good and it's got like a positive warm energy, and obviously the old style production is very real in terms of the production compared to what it is now. So there's kind of there is an element of authentic feel to its retroness, and then that with a positive energy, which for me, I just feel like. That's a good song. It makes me feel good. I will tell my mum that you're being so kind about the song. She will uh, She will be embarrassed, I'm sure. Well, you know, you have like music these days that is like they sing about feeling good and stuff. And I don't know. It's just shit. It is like, you know, uh, what's that Will I Am? Uh, tonight's going to be a good night. That one. That's that's that is modern pop of them trying to be positive in a song. That is the kind of generalization of it but i guess there's happy by pharrell as well that's the only one i can think of ah uh, yeah but that uh, happy is that that is like that's hard to do what he did there like on that song he actually wrote he wrote a happy song and he did it well as well i know it's like i know people will class it as generic pop but i think he, he wrote a pretty fucking special piece of music there for, for like that as a hard challenge that he had and he did it very very well um it wasn't just generic i don't know hitting spots i mean there probably are some elements to it that are but i, I think that's a good oh well I, I, I don't know i think that's a hard one that's a good pop song basically that's what i'm saying you mentioned uh that things are e- it's easier for you i guess to um think about uh, who your parents were, what they did, uh, and uh, kind of getting involved in a similar field since you've got older. So is it worth kind of just talking a bit deeper about how much that made you, I guess, struggle with decisions you were making in terms of career when you were a bit younger? Well, massively. I mean, when I was younger, um, I I I got into beatboxing just purely out of an obsession with hearing it. But actually going into the music industry... I remember being so reluctant to do it. Like, um, I I remember wanting like my dr- when I was younger. It's not very big like big aspirations, but I just wanted to be an electrician. That was really one of my aims. And I was like, I'm just going to do that. I'm not going to do music. My dad does music. That's not what I do. Um, but also, obviously, I was I loved performing and I loved beatboxing and I really liked being on stage and making music and stuff. But I was kind of in denial about it. Um, and the older I got it was just kind of harder to ignore and I just kind of accepted it. But yeah, it did. It was there. I do literally remember a period of when I was just almost doing it to rebel, just saying no. Um, but yeah, you can't deny it. when you've got some, when you've got, uh, do you do any music or anything? No, my whole family are musicians and my brother followed my parents into it. And my sister is a music manager, but I, because I think, cause my, when my stepdad came into my mum's life, I was only about three. I've really mm. followed down a similar path to him, which is kind of comedy and sport loving and stuff like that. I mean, apart from a comedy band I had for a while and loving karaoke, Roman. And loving karaoke, did you say? Oh, absolutely. I'm shameless. I'm absolutely shameless yeah. when it comes to the karaoke. <laughs> and in fact, one of the things I miss most during COVID times is this 
proper old man boozer in Walthamstow called the Victoria that used to have karaoke night on a Friday night in front of the whole pub. I used to love it. Oh my god, did you get up there? You really embodied the character of the singer as well, did you? You know what? I loved it, but the last time I did it before the first lockdown hit, I did um, A View to a Kill by Duran Duran. And uh, do you know, I don't know, basically it was one of those situations where after about three seconds I realised that it wasn't my it was out of my range and then I had three <laughs> minutes left and when that happens like everybody in the whole bar just kind of turns their back oh and it was, uh, it's it's kind of like nail nails grinding into the table painful type just vibe. awful and and I've done a lot of stand-up in my time and I'm happy to say it's just as bad as a as a as a terrible stand-up gig it's just like watching a whole crowd and knowing you've still got three minutes left of this it's just a, a horrible oh, feeling yeah, I imagine it's painful I can't. I could never imagine getting on stage and doing stand up and it going wrong. I'd imagine that's probably <laughs> worse than singing a bum note. Like you're up there to make people laugh. Yeah, I mean it's a just... it's a ten minute potentially a ten or twenty minute bum note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's word, not enjoyable it. at all. Um, you mentioned um wanting to be an electrician and then kind of finally coming round to getting involved in music. What was the um? How were your parents in terms of supporting you? Were they kind of do whatever you want or were they giving you some kind of any elements of pressure of well you're talented at music so that's what you should be doing despite the fact that despite what we did no no my my parents never they've never forced me to do anything you know like even with religion and stuff like i'm not like i wouldn't say i'm like christian or anything but they've uh, but they've never forced me down a particular path ever you know they've they're very free and very um yeah, they're just very free people, um, but my, like there were there was certain things that would happen with my dad. You know, like I'd ask for some money when I was trying to be an electrician. I'd ask for some money towards a van. He, oh, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that. You know, and then I'd ask for some money for some speakers, and instantly had speakers on my desk, and like instantly had a laptop or whatever, like helping me out. So he was very. <clears throat> helpful toward pushing down the music side of things subtly supportive subtly supportive yeah yeah yeah. Huh, that's very interesting do you know why i think that's especially interesting because i think a lot of a lot of parents especially kind of maybe maybe less so now but a lot of parents who i grew up uh, whose kids i grew up with and stuff their families were so keen to push them down a kind of a job the route of a job that would guarantee them money which i would kind of suggest an electrician would be more than a beatboxer um, but I guess that's where having parents who are creative, that's where having parents who are creative themselves, it's it's more far more likely that they would subtly support down a, a creative route. For me, I feel blessed to have role models like, like them because for what I want to do musically and where I want to go, I want to follow in, in their footsteps. I want to follow with their sorts of achievements and they they have kind of, most people might not believe that they can do something like that but they've already paved a way that makes me believe that I can do something like that, which is like yeah. half the battle in becoming an artist and half the battle in, achieve, in achieving a dream or something. So I, I'm, you know, grateful that they've given me that sort of belief in myself. Yeah, totally. Do you feel like you've been treated differently by people because of who your parents were or because they had that hit? Yeah, how how, how do you know? Like, how, how do you know if it's down to your character or if it's down to your parents or like the influence from those parents that's made you feel like you're treated differently 
So there's so many like variables. Uh, I'd argue. I'd argue that potentially, if you're even able to ask yourself that question, then maybe they haven't, because I think people, potentially, you know, people who've had the upbringings that we have had in terms of having that semblance of fame around what we grew up around are probably quite um, highly attuned to being suspicious of people wanting to be friends with us for the wrong reason. So if you don't feel like that's something you've ever experienced, then it's probably never happened. No, yeah. I, I don't think any... Uh, like, parents would get overly excited. Like, my friend's parents would get ridiculously excited about it. Um, but I'd ne ne no one ever really treated me differently. No, I don't think so. I don't think there was anything to gain from... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style treating me differently because it was it wasn't like we were like minted with cash taking people on holidays and doing stuff like that do you know what I mean like I'd imagine it's harder if you have a lot more money then people would probably start to be a bit weirder with you I guess it's worth asking this because my parents or my, my parents would always talk about um one hit wonders in terms specifically in terms of like Christmas hits yeah. so whenever it was Christmas and I went home they'd talk about how you know the dream would be to have like a Christmas hit like um you know the Slade one or whatever uh so that then every Christmas it's going to be played over and over and so the money will just keep on coming in with something like pop music I kind of imagine that to be not dissimilar in a way so has that kind of been the basis of your parents' careers in in essence in terms of financially would you say it seems like a bit of a gauche question but i'm fascinated by the idea of like the realities of how hits back in the day set well, people up for life i guess my dad was actually quite fortunate in terms of i don't know if i'm really allowed to talk about this but i can't see why not um he's quite fortunate because the label when he released the single it was doing really well but there was at one point the label had to fold 
And because the label folded and they uh, they owed him another album, he struck a deal with them and basically got all the copyrights for the song instead of owning half the copyrights, which is usually like, I don't know if you heard about Paul McCartney recently, like well, a little while ago now, battling for his copyrights and Michael Jackson had them, then he sold them to like EMI and then it was like from like 11 million to 22 million to 500 million or whatever. Yeah, Michael Jackson buying the Beatles back catalogue um, publishing was a huge deal back in the early 80s because uh, McCartney and Jackson were friends and apparently it was Paul McCartney who gave Michael Jackson the advice, oh, the best way to invest your money is to buy music publishing copyright and then he did it with the Beatles. Oh my god! Oh my god! But yeah, so you know how valuable the other that side of the copyrights are, and he managed to get them back. So since then, he's it's been a very appealing deal for publishing companies, and also the song is it's such an iconic song because it was the turn of the seventies to the eighties, and it kind of paved the way for pop music in that sense. It was like one of the first sort of pop songs that was using synthesizers and arpeggios and stuff. So it, it was, and you know, he was recording the kick drum on its own. And he was recording the snare on its own and the hi-hats on its own as if it was like a drum machine. So it really was quite a revolutionary song in terms for the music industry. And you, I hear it now a lot in like films and he, like he tells me about it being in syncs and adverts and stuff and so yeah, it's it, he's he's done all right from it, yeah. And then I guess so it's worth asking then what his relationship with that song is as well in terms of after that you hear a lot you hear a lot about people who've had hits and and their relationship with that song then becoming a negative relationship because they feel like they're totally just thought of in terms of that one track. Is that anything that you ever saw either your dad or your mum struggling with kind of in terms of their musical musical career after that? I'm sure at some point that they would have. Uh, um, not as much my mum. I think my dad at some point must have. He must have had a moment where he would have felt annoyed and wanted to be recognised for what he's making at the current time. But the vibe that I get from my dad is that he's proud of it because it's given him the ability to work on more art you know he hasn't stopped he never stopped making music since then he he went on to make more albums and work with loads of different artists and has continuously been creating since that point and i guess pop music gave him the freedom to pretty much do whatever he wants um it's given him a creative freedom and he owes it to that song and it's an amazing song as well and i don't think for one minute He's he's proud of it. I know he is. Um, he still shows me remixes of it now, and is proud of the people remixing his song. You know, it's it's incredible. It's his legacy. He's uh, he yeah. He doesn't he doesn't show any negativity towards it. You talked to me before we came on about um, your time uh, in terms of uh, in your own bands and uh, doing your writing your own music about the difficulty in kind of deciding whether to use your father's surname or not and then also having been asked in radio interviews about that side of things in terms of your your parents success um talk talk a little bit about what that was like and what decisions you came to and why it was really hard because there was a few points what we were doing when we were doing a lot of radio shows and stuff we'd go on and you, you know, we want to talk about the band. We want to talk about what we're doing. We want to, and this and that. But 
for the older generation, it was such a big song and it was such a big deal that we'd be going in sometimes with these like radio presenters who were probably radio presenters banging out that song in the 70s or the 80s. So they would just want to know all like, you know, they just want to talk to you about that. And it's kind of like it got skewed for why you were there. Um, and that was a little bit annoying sometimes. It did. It, it was I kind of just wanted to be my own entity. Um, and yeah, there was points when we decided where we weren't going to I just wasn't going to that wasn't going to come up in interviews anymore. We wouldn't talk about that. Um, and there was other times when we were thinking about going into business with my dad and him looking after us and stuff like that. And I kind of didn't want that leg up. I didn't want that. Um, I don't know, an easy way in type thing. I kind of wanted to do it on our own merits and get there with our own, actually be worth the the money, if that makes sense. Was that a worry you think that you were nervous that you'd be accused of nepotism helping you in some way? Yeah, t- of course, of course. Anything to, that would potentially damage the ego, I guess. That's what it is. Um, so that's an, an ego thing, isn't it? something that we're always battling with but as I've got older I I, you know I wouldn't I don't mind talking about it now I'm actually really I've I've got to a stage where I know who I am as a person and know that it's just I'm just proud of it yeah that's great that's great and as this is a podcast about fame I have to ask in terms of your own um, work career what you strive to be what you strive to make do you feel like there's any semblance of you that is chasing fame in the same way that your father and mother experienced? Or is it all about making the best art you can and success and being able to have a career where you can continue to create? Do you know, it's funny, like, coincidentally, I was genuinely thinking about this the other day. And um, I think I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast and they were talking about fame and stuff. And like the idea of being known by loads of people for making something amazing who wouldn't want that but the idea of just being a celebrity for nothing i i couldn't think of anything worse like being known for making great music that would be like that of of course that is my dream because that would mean that i've achieved something so significant that has had an effect on people that has meant they want to know more about me and that's not necessarily to inflate one's ego it is literally I just want to my aim is to make some of the best music that I can possibly make and hit the world with that and I guess I think that's probably similar to my dad because I don't think that he was he might have been but I don't get that feeling that he was out there for his own just to be a celebrity like I don't get that feeling and and how hard he worked and the fact there was like six versions of that pop music song you know it wasn't that the version that we all hear there was five other versions there was like a blues version a rock version all these different things where he's trying to figure out and put things together um he's he was and and the fact that he's still creating now he is he, he was in it for the creative side of things and I, I've, you know, I've got one song on Spotify at the moment, but it, it, on my computer, there's literally about 60 tracks that I've made in the last two years that I'm itching to release. But 
It's about getting it completely right. Your work ethic sounds like it's you've picked up your work ethic in terms of perfectionism in in music from your father. Then yeah, I guess I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I just I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Yeah, um, but I I wonder if I have got it from him. Yeah, maybe without even realizing because he was a producer. I mean, with pop music, he produced everything. He wrote everything. He sung it. He, you know, he he had that whole thing in in his control and a lot of the time that is what i'm doing unless i'm collaborating with someone um i guess it just comes in your blood doesn't it it just gets passed down in your genes you got you can't escape it yeah and from what and from what you've seen happening as well i guess um it's interesting what you said about yeah wanting your music to be heard by the world and to be the best music it can be because the reality of that i guess is also that if your music's going to be heard by the amount of people and enjoyed by the amount of people you want it to be, then it's in reality, it's unlikely then that you wouldn't get some semblance of fame from that, which is then what also what happened to your dad. Um, Did you, do you hear stories or did you see stuff that uh, ever suggested that after your dad experienced or your mum and dad experienced that fame through the song that they then embraced the kind of more celebrity elements of fame or did did it do the opposite and make them make him more kind of insular and just concentrate on his work uh no not at all <laughs> like um he, he he likes the limelight and you can see it when he performs and that's what made him a great performer. Um, and they were up to all sorts of wild stuff, traveling around the world, performing and interviews and with the whole M persona and the character that he created and embodied. Um, he definitely loved it. And I, I think they had a bloody amazing time, to be honest. They, it sounds like they had a lot of fun. And there wasn't a point where they went insular. They just kind of, I think they just grew more and more and more. They grew from it. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, obviously I want to know what this fun you, was that you talk of. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's just, I just, there's pictures that I've got of them in different countries and traveling around. And then my dad tells me stories of him. I think they went to Africa one time and I think he might have smoked a joint on a beach with Mick Jagger or something like that. And now we're talking, Roman. Yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> But like, it's not even that bad, but like just really surreal moments that, you know, you rub shoulders with certain people and you end up in quite amazing places and get fancy cars and, you know, doing stuff way before. I mean, it's so um, normal now to be traveling the world. But I think, you know, at 80s, when you're doing stuff that they were doing, it was crazy. That He told me a story like the first time he heard his, the track, they both heard it in a taxi going past in New York. So cool. The taxi stopped at a light and they, they, lent, they lent in the window and they were just like shouting at the taxi man that that was their record. And yeah, he was like, fucking hell, that was, was, like, that was the moment where he realized, shit, he's done something. That and then the large sum of the large lump of cash that fell in his bank and he was like, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, I think, you know, they definitely enjoyed themselves. They're the they're the dream moments that I think making kind of making art and creating stuff is all about. Especially especially the bit you talk about with the hearing hearing their hearing their song in the taxi. That sounds amazing. Just a couple more questions, Rome. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been really great. Um I just wonder whether you feel like growing up amongst the family that you grew up with in terms of 
um, success in the public eye, fame in inverted commas, if you want to say that. Do you feel like that's affected your personal relationships in any way in terms of um, how easy you found it to... I guess the best example I can give is that I've always thought, because my parents had quite a dramatic relationship, I think because and my pet my mum and my stepdad because there was elements of kind of you know celebrity in t in it or striving to become more successful or more famous that it was always quite dramatic and therefore i think all i i think basically i don't think it's a relationship between me and a girl unless it's dramatic and i wondered if you feel like you have any similarities to that or anything that has affected your personal relationships from from what you witnessed growing up yeah definitely uh yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of relationships that, um, I guess you, I, I, I totally know what you mean. Like the, the extremes, the extreme highs and the extreme lows. I don't know if it's having, you know, if, if that's the artist mind or if that's just what, what it's, you know, the way the, the parents have been or, but I know that they had quite a, troublesome relationship um at points and there was extreme highs and extreme lows and I feel like that I didn't know it until I was about 24 um something specific happened in a relationship and I don't know I just hurt someone that I realized oh I actually really like that person and I hurt them um and that was kind of the first point where I was like you actually need to take a look at yourself and see what it is that what why you're being like that or where you've got these traits from because you shouldn't really you know if you really like someone you shouldn't really treat them badly um and and there's i mean you shouldn't really treat people badly anyway but especially if you think you love them and whatnot um so there was a lot of times like that where i hurt people and i shouldn't have and i could have been better yeah definitely i agree with you on that one <clears throat> but as i've got older and you know if you're if you're happy to kind of look in i think it gets easier the more you look in and the more you i see it's better as well because you you understand yourself then and then you can be more in control of the situation and more in control of yourself if you know yourself brilliant thanks for that and if uh, just one final question that we ask all of our guests uh, if you could live your life all over again but without having had parents who had experienced any kind of fame would you swap it no not at all wouldn't swap it at all um yeah i think re regardless of that last segment that we spoke about i think my parents have been great role models so yeah i wouldn't swap it you you've really talked so positively about them roman that's so nice thanks so much for coming on the show now where can my audience hear some of your stuff or find you on instagram here's your chance here's the big plug okay you can everything online after every you know facebook instagram it's all i am kyozo so k-y-o-z-o i am kyozo oh, very good branding roman very good branding <laughs> <laughs> um mate thanks so much for coming on the show guys at home please do uh, press that subscribe button on almost famous rate the podcast and leave us a comment too find us on instagram at almost famous the podcast and on twitter at pod almost famous and also do check out my other podcast called It's Your Funeral, a lighthearted look into the most important day of my guests' afterlives and give it a follow at pod It's Your Funeral on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.